0: There's one word that every relationship needs, but when people hear it, they freak out. What is that word? We'll find out on this episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse
0: everyone you're watching inverse and we are here in the studio with my friends of Sebastian, Callie, and Jonathan. We are in the midst in a 13-week segment on studying the book of Daniel. We want you to be engaged in the Bible along with us. So we created our own inverse Bible study guides. You can see them on inverse bible.org and take a look and you can buy actual hard copy or study online or However, you want to do it. We're going to pray and we're going to get into Daniel
2: chapter five. So Jonathan, can you pray for us? Absolutely. Father, we thank you so much for the book of Daniel. There's so many wonderful lessons you've given us already, and we pray for more as we go into chapter five. Please give us your Holy Spirit, give us insight. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sebastian, we're going to go to Daniel chapter 5.
0: And if you can read verse 18 to 24 for us. Verse 18. 18, please.
3: All right. O King, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. And whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beasts, and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever he chooses. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this, and you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords and your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him, and this writing was written.
0: And that's where you see in verse 25, tekel which denoted the, the, the judgment call on, on Babylon. So we've been looking at different chapters in, in Daniel and we're not going to cover the actual prophecies until later on. We're looking at the narratives and we're looking at the character, characteristics that God's people need, especially for the last days. And here we see a different narrative. So Callie, what is going on in chapter five? Who is Belshazzar? There is a feast going on. What yeah. are they eating? What's on the menu?
4: I, <laughs> there are a lot of deep, detailed questions I was not anticipating. So, Belshazzar is a descendant of Nebuchadnezzar, as is said in there. Um, and he's having this party, having a great old time, mm. um, worshipping wrong people. Yes. Um, and during this time, there's a writing on the wall, and he freaks out, like, what, what is going on? Yes. And someone's there like, oh, don't worry about it. We got someone to interpret that. Mm-hmm. So, Daniel comes, and he interprets it, <laughs> and it's bad news. Um, but I think a big thing they talked about is... He folk even in, before he gets to interpretation, a main part of his message is about Nebuchadnezzar, mm. and it ends with like you knew all these things, mm-hmm. and you still mm-hmm. didn't humble your heart. So you mm-hmm. didn't learn the lesson that you were supposed to from the life of Nebuchadnezzar, and therefore your kingdom was coming to an end. And then that very night, that happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What is going on here, uh, 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 Jonathan or Sebastian? Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is the 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 attribute we can extrapolate from this narrative?
3: Mm. Well, I think uh, we're we're looking at the fact that. In a world where we feel like political leaders and individuals get away with everything under the sun, mm-hmm. that God is showing us that even at the highest level in Babylon at that time, the mm-hmm. most powerful nation on the earth, there was still a heavenly accountability. Mm-hmm. That we are going to be held accountable for the decisions decisions, excuse me, that we make. Mm-hmm. And for Belshazzar, God held him accountable not only to learn from what he knew, in terms of his own life, but he was expected to learn from the mistakes of others. Mm -hmm. And in this sense, God says, I'm not only going to hold you accountable for what you ought to do. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to hold you accountable for the mistakes that others have made that you should have also learned from. Mm. And this is in essence why he's coming down upon him. And so in the book of Daniel, we see that chapter five, probably more than any other chapter in this book, is driving home this message that you may think that God is absentee and he's not watching and he's not aware. But yet Daniel 5 pulls the curtain aside and says, yes, through all the play and the counterplay. God is there. Mm-hmm. He is observing, and mm-hmm. he will hold every individual accountable.
0: Yeah, the key phrase there is in verse 22, but you, his son Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart. Mm-hmm. This chapter comes right after chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Yes. The whole chapter 4 is happening because of uh, Nebuchadnezzar having not humbled his heart. The seven yep. years, the wolf, you know, grass episode. And then and then the last phrase there is, although you knew yeah. mm-hmm. all this. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that phrase, account that, that word accountability is, is a powerful phrase, mm-hmm. uh, but it freaks people People out, you know why? Why does accountability freak people out?
4: I think I mean it does have that accountability usually means there's something difficult you have to do that you don't want to do. And I don't think that's always what it means, but it's kind of that feeling like mm-hmm. oh, you need to. You know, eat healthier, or you need to exercise more, or you need to go to this place and do that. It's like you need to be a, like who's your mm-hmm. accountability partner? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> dread.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think
4: sometimes <laughs> we need accountability in things that are difficult. So then we come to think that accountability is bad. Mm-hmm. But in the sense yeah. is I,
2: I mean, accountability is really what you do with what you have and what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you either do something with it or you don't do something with it. In this case, uh, Belshazzar was fully aware of the history that we already studied through Daniel one through four, yeah. um, and so God, in his mercy, has given him much time to react to that, to make a decision based upon that knowledge. Mm. But there comes a point uh, in, 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 the, in the volume of wickedness where God has to put an end to things, mm. where judgment comes in. Mm-hmm. And so even though God was patient with Belshazzar for many years, this point has reached now when he commits this blasphemy and so on mm-hmm. and we can so extrapolate it. that the love that God had for Nebuchadnezzar yes. was the
0: same love he had for Belshazzar he's Absolutely. trying to same Belshazzar with the same fervency same passion mm-hmm. same diligence mm-hmm. and same mm-hmm. you know crazy plan uh, as, as as Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. same equal plan whereas Nebuchadnezzar we have scriptural, scriptural biblical evidence yeah. that he turned that he yes. repented yep. that he humbled himself and he acknowledged the God of heaven whereas belshazzar just kept on partying and 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 let's there's a -hmm. contrast
3: and 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 let's dive into that right in the sense that he doesn't get seven years as a madman eating Mm -hmm. grass Mm -hmm. and because god says i did that for nebuchadnezzar Mm -hmm. right so in some ways it's like well this is how he led nebuchadnezzar my my grandfather and this is how he led to his conversion so maybe belshazzar is thinking well he gave him an extra seven years and this Mm -hmm. and the third and allowed him to do this and so sometimes in our youthful arrogance we can think, well, I have time, Mm. right? I I can wait. I can just, you know, my my grandfather, that's how he learned, and he turned at 75 years old on his deathbed and gave his life to Christ. Mm. Mm. I'm only (laughs) 30-something. I have time. Versus here, God is saying, no, every individual is is held accountable in a different Mm. way. Are we accountable...
0: Uh, not only for our actions, but also the experiences of those around us that we could have learned lessons. Are we accountable for that as well?
3: Of course, absolutely. Of
0: course. I mean, you say that. Wow. That that. that okay.
3: Because I, think think about think about this, right? In, I, in, I kind of
0: don't want to know anyone anymore. <laughs> you know, I'll <laughs> avoid uh, everyone and their
3: lessons. You know, my my uh, in in Jamaican culture, we have a saying that if if, if oh
0: here we go with Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: Wisdom, wisdom. Well, There's you know,
0: good stuff from Jamaica. If, so if, well, if you can't
3: hear, you must feel. Right. Yeah. So in the, in the saying in our culture is if you can't hear, you must feel. Mm. So in essence, right, I have this burn on my hand when I was one years old and I was almost one. And my mom was telling me, don't touch this stove. Don't touch the stove. And I kept <laughs> touching. So she's like, it's hot. So right. finally, she says, OK, in the typical Jamaican. OK, you can't hear. You must feel. Mm-hmm. So she lets me stand up and touch the oven. And I got burned. Right. But and I have the burn mark to this day. But yet and still it was like, well, you must feel to know. And now that you touched it, every time my mom said I walk around the house, that's hot. Mm. (laughs) That's hot. Yeah, it's hot. (laughs) It was like because you couldn't hear. Mm -hmm. And so in God's mind is God is like, I don't want you to get only to have to go through the pain to get the point. Mm -hmm. I want you to get the point without the pain. That's the mercy and the love of God. He doesn't want us to suffer to learn. He wants us to learn from the mistakes mm-hmm. and the sufferings of other people mm-hmm. and says, listen, I gave this to you. So you didn't have to go through all of this to learn this very lesson that you could learn. Mm-hmm.
2: John. You know, um, I like to see this a little bit through the gospel lens. Mm-hmm. So God is a God of love and he really means the best for us. So when we when we look at a situation where God is warning us, it's, it's for our benefit. But when I love God, because you were saying, oh, should I stop talking to people? Should I stop investigating? Mm. Should I stop reading my Bible? Mm. Because I would be held Mm. accountable. Mm -hmm. When I love God, I will ask him for more of him, more of truth. Mm -hmm. Yes, he can hold me accountable to that now. But don't I want what he gives me? So
0: if I'm entering this with a a selfish mode, I just want to get to heaven. I just want the lowest uh, uh, requirements on me with the highest gain. (laughs) But what you're saying here, I mean... That's, that's calculating it. And people, I mean, they approach life. We all think that way sometimes. And Jesus says that sometimes we need to be more shrewd than the, than the secular businessman. And the secular businessman thinks that way. But you're saying there's something Mm -hmm. that happens supernaturally in an encounter into a relationship with God. We just naturally are driven for more light. More, more, more. more. Mm Mm-hmm. Callie?
4: And kind of looking through that lens of like, instead of being, I don't want to be accountable to all these things, but I want to understand and know and love God more. Mm-hmm. And it comes with the accountability, but that's that's like a byproduct instead of the mm-hmm. focus. And I think one of the best examples of that that comes to my mind of immediately it looks like that's super unfair, but then it makes sense, is how Moses' his life ended before mm-hmm. he got to go to the promised land because mm-hmm. of his one mistake. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he's hanging out with the Israelites who are like the epitome of mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's like, man, mm-hmm. they get to go? What? But it's Moses makes this, but like Moses was communed with God in such an intimate way. He knew God Mm. so much better than the Israelites did. Like he was held to a higher standard, Mm -hmm. but he was able to enjoy that. So they just kind of go hand in hand of this intense enjoyment of God, but also Mm -hmm. this increasing accountability that goes along with it.
3: mm -hmm. And and even to massage that a little bit more is like, you know, Callie's about to get married. And can you imagine, right, that her fiance comes to her and is like Callie? What's the least I can do and still be with you? Yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> it's like, who would ever want to be with a person gospel. like that? Mm. And it's like, how are we going to come to Jesus, right? Who gave all, right? Mm. Comes down and gives everything to you, and your response is, "Well, what's the least I can do?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And still be with you because that's what we're saying to God. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, going back to Jonathan, you know, um, Jonathan's Jonathan. gospel. Uh, <laughs> my gospel. <My> <laughs> Jonathan's name is Justin. i It's the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. I got to merge You two. It's kind of, of my gospel. You guys actually <laughs> look similar on the show. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right. but um in, in, the, in the in the <laughs> <laughs> but in the in the reality right we are not asking god to make the standard easier. We're asking Him mm-hmm. to give us the grace to reach Amen. it. Yeah. So if God reveals more, that means He's going to give me more grace yes. to live up to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's
0: a, that's a profound point, 100%. Sebastian. That if we're calculating this accountability and the standards <laughs> yeah. or whatnot, we have a zero understanding of grace altogether. Mm-hmm. When we come back after the break, we're going to look at how does accountability work in the context of a relationship? And when it applies to salvation for other peoples out there, how does this all work? Find out. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back, friends. We are talking about accountability. This is a word that you find sometimes in, in corporate contexts or in legal contexts, but it's really a fabric of any relationship out there. Sebastian, you were mentioning that uh, you're picking on and Kelly uh, more than usual about you know uh, <laughs> about her relationship with, with her her fiance, uh, fiance, and uh, <laughs> you know what would a relationship look like if there was no accountability? Mm. And that's just, that simply would not be a relationship. It
3: would not be a relationship.
0: Sometimes we look at God as some kind of like impersonal entity that mm-hmm. we just want to get the benefits out. And then if there's any level of accountability, we think it's unfair. We we don't we don't look at him as a, as a person.
3: You know, it's kind of like when I, I really like pie. Pie is one of my favorite desserts. What kind of pie? Um, I really pie? love, I like cherry pie. <laughs> cherry pie. I like cherry, I like apple, Jeez but pie. cherry cherry's the best. Okay, cherry. Um, And even shepherd's pie a little bit. But when you, when you look at pie, I actually really love the crust. That's actually why I like pie. I just love the crust. People like, I like the flakiness of it, you know, all of that kind of stuff. (laughs) And I'm thinking about the fact that you're going this, but you're actually getting the cherry and you're getting all the other stuff with it. But you're like, I'm really just here for the crust. Mm. And so it like annoys, you know, my wife or other people it's like, so you took this thing and it's just like a blob of cherries left on the plate <laughs> or a blob of potatoes and carrots and stuff from the shepherd's pie left. It's like, well, I just wanted the crust. And in the end, that's what we're really doing to God. It's like if you take these things out away from your relationship with God you're actually undermining the very thing that makes it a relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, I just want the crust. This is the the parts that I really like, and I don't really like that. But we cannot buffet God, right? We cannot just say, well, I'll take some of this and take some of that and then make our own hodgepodge version of who who God is. Mm -hmm. We expect God to accept us for who we are. We must learn to accept God for who he is Mm -hmm. and leave it at that.
0: Does God have different standards of accountability uh, with different people?
2: Hmm. That's a good question. A good I, question. Mean, question. Uh, yeah, I need a uh, good answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I have my own gospels so I have all the answers not, <laughs> that's not sure. That's, but really Kelly, you're opening your mouth and we'll give Jonathan uh, time to time to think.
4: Sure. All yeah, right. Okay. Go ahead. Um well I think yes and no.
2: Yes and
0: no.
4: Because I can just get out of all of your questions. Um <laughs> but the idea that we are held accountable to the light that we have. Yes. And not everyone has the same levels of light. Yes. So it might look like that externally, like, well, you know, this person should have this happen to the, again, like Moses and the Israelites, like, man, Moses just struck a rock, okay? I'm pretty sure the Israelites did things worse than strike a rock, okay? Right, right. But that, that's what it looks like, but Moses had a lot more light than the Israelites, and he had a different experience with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been tempted sometimes to uh, compare myself to others in a very self-righteous way of being like, well, I'm better than this person, so therefore, like, I'm good. But it's like I have a lot more light than they do. Mm. So I'm held to a different stand and my standard is always Jesus anyway, Mm. so it doesn't doesn't And,
0: and that assurance is based on on somebody else's performance. But yes. it's in a different way. You're looking at someone lower than you, quote with that, if you can put yeah, it on, on a scale, than, yeah. so that you feel that assurance. But the funny thing is, if we just look to Christ, we can have that. It's just it's the same looking towards another person, yep. but we just naturally don't like that. No. We, we, we gravitate because towards the, the under, than the over. And the, the amazing thing good. is,
4: we, we need to look to Jesus for the grace. Right, but sometimes we just look for the comparison, like, oh, I can't. Let me find someone else that doesn't make me feel right, so bad. Right, right, but it's right, like, right. no, Jesus is the standard, but He's also the one who enables you to meet anything, anyways. Right. So it's it's kind of the like, oh, but also, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's both. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah. we don't like to. But again, as humans, we don't like to be dependent on other people, so we don't like to be less than, and we also don't like to be dependent. Mm. So the solution to that is to compare ourselves to people who are worse than us, because mm-hmm. then we don't have to be dependent and we can feel great about ourselves. But in a sense, we're we also do
0: dependent that. on them to feel that false sense of assurance. Right. But we don't like, say it that way. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't no. say well, let me, let me,
0: uh, there's a Bible verse, which I think it gives a great principle here. Luke chapter 12.
4: Ooh, we're, Luke deviating. 12. we're deviating. Well, we're getting out
0: of the book of Daniel. Luke 12, 48. <laughs> Forty-eight.
4: Wait, I already forgot the chapter. What chapter?
0: Luke twelve. <laughs> you. I said it twelve times. Forty-eight. Uh, 48. <laughs> I won't say that forty-eight times. And the Bible says, "But he who did not know yet committing things deserving a stripe shall be beaten with few." And then here's the principle: for everyone to whom much is given, mm-hmm. from him much will be required; and to whom much has been committed of him, they will
2: ask yes. the more." Jonathan. Well, I think it's a powerful principle that we're taught here mm-hmm. um, because when God gives you information, when God shares with you a revelation of him, like we, you, you gave the example of Moses, mm-hmm. with that comes responsibility. Mm-hmm. In the context of our gospel, of the gospel and the mission that we have been given, God wants to save people and he wants to use you and me. How can I just say... Oh, you know, God gives me all these things, but I just keep it to myself and and, and share with others. Mm. The principles of the kingdom of God are all about being, you know, a a river of water of life, Mm -hmm. uh, flowing out. So God God wants us to share the things that he has shared with us. And that can be hard sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, that responsibility. But it would not be fair towards others Mm. to do that. I mean, if I have a full-blown five-course meal in front of me, and then next to me is sitting someone who hasn't eaten in three days... Uh, And I'm just eating. I mean, I have a responsibility here. Sure, sure. And God is holding me accountable to that responsibility.
4: And what's amazing about how God even designs all of these things Mm -hmm. is we are more fulfilled by sharing exactly if we're just if we just keep it all to ourselves like our enjoyment only goes so far and it stops very very low Mm -hmm. but by when we receive more and we give more like it's just like man this is this is the best and it's even how how jesus says to his disciples like i have food that you have no idea about (laughs) like i am i'm good thanks though Mm -hmm. and that's the kind of experience so it's even like even in a selfish way it's Mm -hmm. better for us to share with more people. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're we'll going to Revelation here, another verse. Revelation chapter sixteen, chapter sixteen, I'm just confused by verse twelve, verse twelve. <laughs> and here, Revelation is great. Revelation is the epitome book. It's uh, the book to understand. The book of all books, in a sense. Yeah the bible yep. is the book of all books but revelation you is like that. the composite <laughs> picture and so you have to understand all from genesis to jude to really get a full picture of of, of revelation mm-hmm. go to chapter 16 verse 12 and verse 12 picks up its cue from daniel chapter 5 mm-hmm. what we just read so daniel chapter uh, revelation sixteen twelve, the bible says the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river euphrates and his water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, of the mouth of the beast, and of the mouth of the false prophet. For there are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and to the whole world and to gather them to the, world, to the battle of the great day of, the all, of God Almighty. Um, that first part in verse 12 there, it says the great river Euphrates was 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 dried up. And this is mm-hmm. clearly going back to Daniel chapter 5. Yes. Uh, Babylon was built on Euphrates mm-hmm. on the same night when these guys are partying, mm-hmm. right? Like, yep. like fraternity boys that <laughs> that <laughs> uh, the Medo-Persian Empire comes up, they reroute, they dry up the river, mm-hmm. and they come underneath the city of Babylon, and they come up and they, they destroy it, right? Yep. So here, Belshazzar ba- is being, uh, being pointed out, you had all this knowledge and you blew it, you're partying, mm-hmm. and in Revelation it goes to the future, to another kind of typological application, that yes. there's these people in the last days, you knew all this knowledge too. Mm-hmm. Yep. but you're partying just the same and that Babylon will be dried up and, and, and yes. we'll be in the same mm-hmm. way. Yes, um,
3: Braxton. And, and, and there's nothing more profound than recognizing that here in Revelation, it's going back to our whole drive in this whole quarter and study on Daniel, which is pre- pre- being prepared for end time living. Mm-hmm. And the fact that God in his infinite love and mercy gave us this book, BC, mm-hmm. which means yeah. that how desperate is God to want us to know <laughs> Yeah. How desperate is God that he wants us to be so prepared that we're hearing this resounding message from Luke, from Daniel, and now in Revelation, written, you know, roughly 100 A.D., somewhere around that first century. And now here we are, you know, in in the 21st century. And here it is right here. It says, yes, I'm going to dry up this river. And all these people think they're escaping Mm -hmm. and can just continue as they as they are Mm -hmm. with the knowledge that they have and not allowing that information to drive what they do and how Mm -hmm. they live. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Eventually, the day is coming where you will be held accountable for the light that God has shed upon you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's that's sobering, but at the same token, it goes to show the mercy of God and which is what makes the accountability and the judgment more acceptable when it comes. Mm -hmm. Because it's so true. It's like when people come to my house and they see me discipline my children for the first time, Mm -hmm. they don't know all the times that I spoke. Mm-hmm. They don't see all the times that I said, hey, no, don't touch that. Hey, if you do this again, you're going to get in trouble. Hey, please stop. Papa, let's pray together and ask Jesus to help us to obey. Mm-hmm. If they just come in and they just see the the, the punishment and the, con- they're like, man, you know, this is a little <laughs> aggressive. Like, this is harsh. Like, the kid just did this, not knowing that there's a whole lineage of history mm-hmm. of time and time again that I warned and warned and warned and yeah. warned. And now, you know what? I have to hold you accountable. And the beauty thing, the beautiful thing about this as well is, we who are held accountable will also agree, mm-hmm. because we'll say it's true. You did warn me. You mm-hmm. did tell me. You did give me ample time and opportunity to make these changes. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me ask you all this. Let me ask this question. Uh, we know this. We we we're studying it now. What do we do? Mm. Uh, what are some pri- accountability can be some kind of abstract idea,
4: yeah? Mm-hmm. But
0: how does that impact us now? What should we do?
4: One no. thing, go.
2: go, no, no, go. This time I can go? Yeah, okay. you go know this time. Just okay. well, <laughs> this time, though. This all right, time. all right. Well, you know, um, I really love what you just shared about this end time situation mm-hmm. and how God is reaching out over and over again. But on a personal level, we do the same thing. Uh, Belshazzar, he was in a party of self-delusion. He knew all these things, but he's drowning out the information with, you know, over the years. Mm. And now he's just coming to this uh, climax with rebellion against God. And how often do we, even though we know, still continue. And we blaspheme God really every time we do Mm. uh, continue in something that we know we shouldn't be doing. Mm. But for me, I take this as a warning um, because you ask me what I'm going to do personally. I know there is areas in my life where I know a better way. Mm. Um, And so I'm going to ask God for grace to help me um, overcome, have victory and live a life um, according to everything that has been revealed to me mm-hmm. so that 's something I want to take away from mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that and I, I, I think for me in my personal life, mm-hmm. the accountability being
0: there mm-hmm. it drives me to grace right? yeah because if it doesn 't drive me to grace man i don 't there 's really nowhere to go i don 't want exactly. i don 't this this thing i don 't
2: don 't want any of it yes. and i think that 's where a lot of people and, are at and yeah. you know I mean in the story here in in, in uh, down chapter five mm we only see the judgment part. But yes. there was grace. We mentioned it. I mean, in fact, the historians say this was 20, uh, I think 26 years, 23 years after Nebuchadnezzar died. Okay. He, and, and Belshazzar was 23 year, years old when Nebuchadnezzar died. Okay. So he had a lot of time. You know, th- there was grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an opportunity. Yeah. So God is merciful to us. So, yeah, and Daniel's
0: been witnessing to him probably that whole time and there's probably other chapters. They that knew each matter, other. For sure. About. Yeah. Daniel yes. yes. four
2: 4.1, you know, <laughs> 2,
0: 3, 4, all in between. yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay. any anything else practical we can get from accountability, Call- Callie.
4: Um kind of similar um is just not avoiding accountability. Mm. Um there are sometimes where especially people close to me, um, maybe my family or my friends will like point something out like, "Well, Callie, you know, I noticed this or that." And it's like it's easy for me to be like yeah, well, you don't this, therefore I don't have to listen. And I'm going to not gonna say that, but yeah. I'm be like, thanks for the tip. Praise mm. God. And I walk up and be like, I'm not going to listen to them because they struggle too. So I yeah. don't care what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Jesus, Jesus, mm. just the way Jesus uses me as a broken person, Jesus can use everyone else as broken people. Yeah. So don't try to find the loophole in accountability. Mm-hmm. But when I hear it, being like, Jesus, please embrace give, me, give yes. me all the truth yeah. and help me to embrace it, even though this medium, just like this medium, is imperfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You know, it reminded me of my father used to, when he gave me chores, he would always say, I don't give responsibility without authority. So if I give you the responsibility Mm -hmm. to do to cut the grass, you have the authority to choose when you want to cut it. I'm not going to tell you when to cut it, what type of lines to cut it in, what direction, uphill, downhill. It's your responsibility. I'm giving you authority to carry it out. And the beauty of accountability is it affirms my own individual agency. That God, if he's going to hold me accountable, that that means he's also giving me authority to carry out what he's mm-hmm. asking me mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. And on, not only is he giving me authority, he's giving me access mm-hmm. to an infinite amount of grace That's in true. order to live up to that. Mm-hmm. So why would God hold me accountable to a standard he himself knows I cannot reach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it lets you know, this is the potential that lies within me. Yeah, God. Is the, vac- the fact that God is saying, this is what I'm expecting of you, mm-hmm. and you're thinking there's no way I can do that. But the fact that he's asking, tells you that he knows something about me that I may not know about myself. Mm -hmm. And that is, Sebastian, you can be this. Mm -hmm. And by my grace, you will reach that.
0: Hopefully from this episode, maybe you felt a little bit of accountability is needed in your life. Uh, As Sebastian is saying, that God's biddings are his enablings. Amen. Hopefully this has been a grace-filled episode for you. And if you haven't experienced the grace of God, take some time out now. Get on your knees and ask, Lord, I want more accountability with you. I want more grace with you. I just want to enter a deeper relationship with you. That's our prayer. We'll see you next week here in Inverse.
1: You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org